Welcome to the UFTA Podcast. Hosted by Emily O'Connor and Jordan Rudolph. The UFTA Podcast brings you a surprisingly fresh take on everyday topics in health, fitness, and everything in between. We want to open the door to explore new information and new solutions in a way that's easy for you to understand and apply to your own life. Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to episode three of the UFTA podcast. I'm Jordan Rudolph and I am joined by coach extraordinaire, Coach Emily. Emily? Hello guys, how are you? Well, I guess you guys can't really answer, but I hope you guys are having a good day uh, so far. Whenever you guys are tuning in and listening to this, uh, I'm pretty excited for the episode we have on deck. Uh, I don't know, I'm sure you probably feel the same. I think I feel that about all the episodes. Definitely feel about all the episodes. This one's interesting and fun to us, and we hope it is for you guys too, because it follows a very consistent theme all the way through from the fitness trending topic to the nutrition component, and then to the main topic, uh, which we can kind of give you the outline of right now. And what are we covering today? Um, so we kind of teased this last week, if you tuned in, uh, but our trending fitness topic, we're going to touch a little bit about when did fitness become only about the aesthetics versus like the actual fitness. Um, so can touch on that a little bit to start. That's going to bring us into our nutrition topic, which we're going to discuss kind of that dichotomy of good versus bad foods um, and kind of thoughts on food labels and things of that nature, um, specifically in that good versus bad kind of lens. Uh, and then that's going to bring us into our main topic today, something that has been gosh, probably like the past year or so, pretty pretty popular in the health and fitness space. And that is going to be kind of the idea of self-love, um, body acceptance, body neutrality, uh, but also health and fitness and kind of fat loss tied in as well. So uh, kind of an interesting dichotomy there as well. Um, but like Jordan said, all three that really relate to one another and can kind of flow right one into the next to the next. So pretty excited uh, to dive into all of those. We sure are. And obviously we're, we're doing this in terms of our capacity of things that we want to share to help you guys out, but also covering that same basis of teaching you guys or maybe having you guys start thinking differently again on this topic. And addressing some of the things that either we can't do as coaches on the floor because we're too busy um, or we can't have a conversation with everybody about this topic otherwise it would take multiple you know 100 hour appointments um, one 100 hour appointments to go through some of this so it's 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 that's where the podcast is kind of like creating and it was created and now it's moving into so it's we're excited to share a lot of this stuff guys we wish we could probably we should probably just like I said last week, put a microphone up and just record a bunch of episodes in a row and just have it on there because I think a lot of it is valuable. Um, but it's it's giving us another platform to kind of reach out and, and talk to you guys. And, and uh, again, it's not really fulfilling an agenda. It's just it's just the thought, like bringing think, thinking back into it and making decisions better uh, for yourself. Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of the episodes kind of, or a lot of the topics, excuse me, discussed in today's episode um, can get pretty personal with people. So I think mm -hmm. to have those individual discussions, um, like Jordan said, we're going to frame it within our lens and our scope of practice, but do kind of be mindful of things um, and, and take what you feel is for you. 
um, and perhaps reflect on things that may not be for you. So by no means is this kind of speaking to a single person, um, but kind of thinking through that lens and maybe, as is the goal of all of our episodes, reframing your thoughts and, you know, kind of ideas or actions around a certain area uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. At the time of this episode, it's right after Easter, right Tuesday after Easter. Did you have a good Easter? I did. I did. I was home with the family. So lots good. of grilling and uh, unfortunately we're inside, but people at the at the gym know that we tend to sit outside uh, at my parents' house, but inside for most of the stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. How Sunday. Sunday definitely turned out to be a better day than we thought, but still cold, right? Yeah. So cold. Everything was good. Got to spend time with uh, a lot of time with family um, and just kind of got to relax. So I appreciated that a lot. Mandy took care of a lot of things at home. We got some stuff done on Saturday to help us out for Sunday, and Mandy kind of took care of the rest. So it was nice to have a day to just relax. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Anything else new in your world? Um, Not too much. Not too much. Like, yeah, I enjoyed the weekend home. Um, fortunate enough to take a long weekend and just kind of relax and just be with the family but that's that's pretty much the newest newest thing i haven't been nothing else other than that i know we're recording this literally right after easter so i haven't really been back for too long um i mentioned i was diving into practice of groundedness as my next book uh love that so far and i'm you know a chapter and a half in or so um so haven't really dove in too far uh being gone for the weekend but pretty excited to kind of dive more into that um and put into action some of the principles and things they talk about as far as being more present in the moment uh, instead of just kind of thinking about the future or worrying about things, etc. So pretty excited about that. And I'm very much of a, I don't think about a lot of things in the past. Like I get over things pretty quickly. I'm very much a futuristic person. Like Mm -hmm. I'm always thinking ahead and thinking in the future like that. And that takes me away from being in the present too. But a lot of times people dwell on stuff in mm-hmm. the past and hold grudges and everything else. And remember certain th- how many times have we heard training clients and, well, I used to be able to, or, or when I did this, I was, and it's like, yeah, that was a different book. Like yeah. you're on a new book, different chapter. Like let's, let's, let's consider what we're doing now uh, and being in the moment now and taking care of what we're able to do now. And then eventually we'll rewrite a whole new, a whole new book where you can do more. Right. But how many times have you, you know, heard that, that oh, little story? Yeah. All the time. I'm definitely a future person as well um, in terms of that. And again, like you said, kind of drawing you out of the present versus being in the present moment, um, which is something that I really tried to do um, this year specifically. It's kind of like my overall focus for the year. I like it. I like that a lot. So what about you? What have you been up to other than Easter and family? Mm, I booked, we officially booked the Titleist Performance Institute Fitness 3 certification. It is at the Mothership in Oceanside, California. Um, and, and that's been something that we've been trying to get done for a while. Long time, yeah. Yeah, so now that they're actually doing in-person stuff again, getting back into that, it's it's the last of like the fitness certifications, and it's, it's far down the rabbit holes you can go through the fitness side of things with Titleist uh, Performance Institute. So... Uh, very, very, very excited for that. Uh, all of the original kind of OGs of the program are going to be there. So uh, really, really looking forward to that weekend, uh, first weekend of May. Uh, I'll be gone for that, come back for a couple days. We'll record an episode, and then basically I'm leaving again <laughs> uh, for, for Results Fitness uh, Mastermind in just north of L.A. Nice. Very yeah. cool. Yeah, excited to finally have that on the calendar for sure. Yes, no doubt. And then we'll reprogram everything like we did with your FRC and like we're going to do with your... Uh, grounded thing and yeah we'll just keep 
making our programs better and better with the new information <laughs> that we have. For coming. sure. I don't think people realize that too. Like our programs are very different. Like Emily's been here for three years at Unity, uh, just over, mm-hmm. and we used to do things on Excel and have templated documents out for people that we customized to the person based on uh, what's happening right now and also the person's movement capabilities and, and goals and etc. Um, even from when we went to that. Uh, before COVID happened, we moved into an app called Bridge where now all of our programs are uploaded on there. But we already had a couple major overhauls through that. Mm-hmm. And now we probably had two major overhauls, if not three, just alone in the, in the uh, in, since COVID of our programming. And for the majority of it, like 80% to 90%, probably not a lot has changed, right? Right. But the little things that we've changed in there have will make a bigger difference long term but we feel like they already have and a lot of it's based on like we're following the science following the education following the research following uh you know our our path to learning more just so we can simply boost the results of our clients here and help them you know enjoy their lives a little bit more so there's there's probably another overhaul a little bit coming uh a 3.0 if you will from our move better swing better program um but yeah it's 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 pretty nuts how I thought we were kind of done doing that, and it just seems like that we just opened up a box over this last 12 months, oh. twice, of, <laughs> of, of really tapping into that with with everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's reflective of our continued education, our continued learning, but the best practices of, you know, the industry as well, and kind of taking what fits for our people um, here that we work with versus what might not fit or what used mm-hmm. to fit, and and doesn't anymore um so kind of always always improving always always growing always making progress towards constant constant adapt adaptation as well right mm-hmm. it's it's again most the majority of what we do stays the same but there's always a constant there's pieces that we're always adapting uh for the better right i don't feel like we're ever adapting because of something got worse right so right. that's that's also exciting it's mm-hmm. a little bit of pain in the ass right to make sure everyone's on the same page and keeping everybody on the same page and there's a lot of who took my cheese moments, but um, constant adaptation. And I think the cool thing about that is like we lead from an example from our programming side that instills over into how we expect people to kind of treat situationally stuff in life when stuff happens in life, like adapt, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and to an extent, like there's some stuff that we won't be able to, but adapt, 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 and be ready to adapt. Like it's, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's the always be ready type of thing. Like it, we're kind of always ready to adapt we might sit on things for a little bit to uh, to make sure we're making the right decision and do a little bit more education and learning behind it, um, but constant adaptation, right? To stay ahead and and, and to keep the results coming um, and and to help help people kind of continue to grow. Absolutely, I think to draw back to like we were talking about overthinking and like being in the present, staying stuck in like one pattern of thought or one way of thinking really or way, one really, mistake yeah really 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 great way to boost anxiety by the way is just staying yeah. and doing nothing about it right right so be the ability to adapt and take action which is kind of we were talking about yesterday kind of that you know combat to that potential anxious thought mm-hmm. um is is really powerful and i think just the ability to do that quickly versus mm-hmm. being stuck there only allows you to stay stuck there for longer yeah well. and I'm and I'm more of a person I've, always, I've I've been like this more over the last like seven years since unity opened for sure this really like I when there was a point in time guys where I quit my job uh, that was the best job I ever had think about it like this from a term of like where you're where you're reluctant to move forward in your health and fitness results 
I quit the best job I ever had at the time that it was the best and I had a, a year that I looked forward to in 2015 that was going to be the best year of my life in terms of professional quality and, and work and everything else, right? I quit that on January 17th of that year. I lasted 17 days into that year to create the best life I could have, which was opening Unity Fitness. And from that gap of January 17th until April 16th when we opened Unity's doors, I don't know how many books I read from professional development and like self-help books. Like I needed help from mentally, like making sure I was ready for opening up this business if we got to that point. But there was so much stuff that I, I like I completely changed. This is an episode I wanted to bring up to you in the future of doing like growth mindset versus fixed mm-hmm. mindset. Mm-hmm. And like I when I first learned about that and realized like how fixed I was on things and how just that's just the way things are I was. Um, I completely hated who I was there and I took immediate action to start thinking differently on the spot. I did weird stuff, but it got me out of it quick. And like the year that Unity opened, we had a transformation challenge and our, our slogan was action beats intention. Mm-hmm. And, and since that day, I still feel like that's been a big thing here. Like, I don't want to hear you talk about all the things that you intend to do. I want to see it and I want you to see it, right? Talk is cheap. And that's one of the things I've been using a lot on the floor lately to people in here and talk is cheap. Like, let's see you do it. Um, I'm, I'm much more in that, like, show me and, and how's that working for you type of thing. And I think that's, that's ultimately something that we can kind of tap into uh, a little bit more in the future episode too. But very, very much that there's a lot of stuff that we have brewing um, in the background from unity side of things and even like a, a professional side of things that Emily and our staff are well aware of. Um, that we're really trying to push the envelope and completely overhaul the, the city of lacrosse and how things are done here in terms of fitness and golf fitness and everything in between. But um, it, it's one thing to talk about it. It's it's another thing to actually do something about it. And I told that to Mandy today. I was at home for breakfast and I, she's like, hey, I'm excited. Like, this is pretty scary stuff. And I'm like, yep. And I'm like, but remember, I just don't talk about things. And it was basically, okay, love you, bye. (laughs) But that's the the big point. And I I hope that's instilled in you guys when you come into Unity or talk to us. Like, I hope that we can, with this podcast, like, push action into Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. I agree. Kind of like what we can talk about today. Right. Yeah. You want to dive into our trending fitness topic? I know you were pretty hot about it last week. Yes. That's carried over to this week. I mean, we can sit for another 15 minutes and just talk, Em. No, No, we can dive in. If you guys talked or saw on episode two... I spent some time on Instagram just looking through the fitness hashtag and just disappointed into seeing what fitness completely what has become. And, and, and it, this is coming from a fitness professional, very biased point of view on one end of the spectrum, but I don't view fitness as that. Right. And, and to see what, what Instagram views fitness as and what everybody else in the world is clearly putting fitness towards, it, I think that leads to why we're in a position that we're in of aesthetics. And it's only about aesthetics. And that's that's disappointing because there's more, there's so much more, more than even aesthetics that one fitness gives us. And and our, our topic, kind of the fitness training topic is when did fitness become just about aesthetics, mm-hmm. essentially, to, to, to fulfill that title. What the topic is, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I, I agree. I think so much of it in today's world, and I think partially it is a result of, like, social media right it's a very visual platform so how do you capture something like uh, I know you talked about like in our first episode how do you capture in a picture like confidence right it's something we talk about but when we distill that down to social media oftentimes I think those messages can 
sometimes get lost and I think people yourself included are doing a better job of it now kind of how you can portray that visually to people but when we look at fitness and just the aesthetic portion we miss a huge part and I would say like the more important and larger part of what fitness can be and can do for a person's life for again just giving that you know power to the aesthetics only uh, and getting stuck in that realm versus not Um, and I think we're all doing you know you're doing yourself a disservice but also kind of unaware at the same time like that's just the message that it is so sometimes we can not even be aware of what else could be out there versus you know just training for an aesthetic goal as you, well. You labeled that on your strong take yesterday about if you just chase an outcome, mm-hmm. like if you're just chasing outcome goals, and if you if you even make that more uh, specific in particular, where we just chase an outcome goal towards of how I look, yep. you are going to be sev- like fuel the fire and severely disappointed and frustration and fuel the frustration over the end result because you're never, ever, ever going to be happy enough with it. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. The, I, I just, when you were talking there, you reminded me of something and the fitness definition, uh, the number one, and this is very uh, official definition, the dictionary.com. Uh, number one is health. That is the definition of fitness. Number two is the capability of the body of distributing inhaled oxygen to muscle tissue during increased physical effort. And number three is also called also called Darwin, Darwinian fitness. Um, but there's nothing in there about how you look. Like the the the, the, the definition of fitness has nothing in there about aesthetics. Mm-hmm. Zero bit. That's on dictionary.com. You know it's a trusted source. <laughs> Super trusted. And I'm scrolling down the and they're still true. Yeah, everything on the internet is true. There's still nothing on here about anything. There is zero word about how you look on here. So just the just looking at it from that standpoint, but that is what we think of fitness as. Like fitness. Like what are your what is your fitness? Fitness, right? Fit N I S is supposed to be how you say it. Um there's the there's the old show, You Me and Dupree, the movie, You Me and Dupree, and, and he was like your what was what was his thing in there, your oneness or whatever. Um Jordan, you know not to ask oh me about my movies. Gosh, it was Owen Wilson <laughs> movies, comedy, and I know he became movie, like yeah. a motivational kind of speaker at the end because he was trying to find everybody's oneness. Like what makes mm. you you, right? Fitness, what what is your fitness? Like it, it shouldn't be how you look. It shouldn't only be how you look. And if we solely base your fitness on that, we will be we we are gonna be we are already losing the battle, right? There's Diabetes is higher than ever. It's reaching kids that are 10 and 12 years old now. Um, We are more obese than ever. BMIs are higher than ever. The the uh, cardiovascular health disease and and other types of, um, what was the big word, comorbidities uh, when COVID first hit. Like all of that stuff is higher than ever. And all those people who had more of those uh, were more at risk from uh, dying or having severe reactions, right? So it kind of like COVID exposed that stuff and really hopefully brought to light. But here we are. Um, still looking at the hashtag fitness on Instagram and we're not seeing anything about health because those people that show all those pictures that we see in there might not be in good health. They actually could be in very, very, very poor health. Um, but we don't usually think about that. We just look at their muscles and their bodies and we're like, wow, that, you know, whatever, whatever that is. And great for them. They worked hard for it, right? They, they put a lot of time and effort into it. They probably feel like crap. I can't imagine that's a great lifestyle, but if you get paid a million dollars, it might, might be a little more worth it. But it, 
that's that I, I mean I scrolled and scrolled and scrolled guys there was two pictures or two videos of exercise things everything else was a picture of somebody else or themselves uh, posing it was a posed picture it, that was what fitness was in a hashtag so I guess that kind of brings up a question that comes to mind would be like how can we start to change that how can we start to explore maybe our own fitness journeys and you know health journeys how can we start to change how we think about fitness change how we think about health despite there potentially being you know we can't always control the narrative right the the social media posts will be the social media posts they'll likely be there and we can control that via like our Jordan and I's fitness accounts um, where we post things relating to fitness. Obviously, that doesn't relate to everyone else, but for our listeners, how can we start to combat that? How can we start to change the thinking? How can we start to potentially make our fitness more about all of the other benefits versus only the aesthetic benefits? I, I think you, we kind of talked about it when we brought up your just as starters, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for other people to think about this, we, talk, we when we talked about your strong take, uh, if you if you only solely focus on an outcome goal, there's a difference between outcome goals and process goals. Uh, we'll get to that in another episode, but look it up. Um, but if you just focus on an outcome goal and if you just solely focus on how you look, you will never ever ever be ha- satisfied or happy ever. It will never happen, and you're gonna chase something you're going to chase the what what is it chase the the the, the, the white rabbit or chase the chase the rabbit oh, what's that yeah. what's that i don't remember cliche that's out there yes. but you're going to chase something that you'll never be able to catch yeah. and what will take factor in that and take detriment to that is probably your overall health and probably your overall mental health and your physical body right that like you actually become like worse and and, and to an extent so i think it's incorporating all of the benefits that fitness has and almost making like a pie chart a wheel with all those things and and scoring yourself and where you're at right now in each one right Mm -hmm. like if you're all the way out in the edge like you're a 10 but if you're not quite there in a certain spoke of the wheel or piece of the pie like that's what you kind of need to focus on now but your fitness can handle a lot of those things and i think it's addressing the power of fitness and what it can do and it's always health and fitness it's not fitness and health it's health and fitness and I think it's 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 taking an, that into consideration as well. But it's a great question. A lot of education, a lot of money, and a lot of time. <laughs> but apparently, it's gotten to this point. So just kind of kind of have to think back. It doesn't help when every magazine cover, right, will show you a picture of somebody like that, a health and fitness magazine, men's magazine. Like at least they're starting to show a little bit more of like the actors and different guys, like in shirts. But I remember like a lot of those men, men's health. Mm-hmm actors or models that wouldn't have shirts on and stuff like that right but at the end of the day it's what we all want too we all want to look better naked like that's that's the other tough part right like it's not a it's 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 something that we all want absolutely i think it's a like it's a very valid goal like i don't think we're here to say like never pursue an aesthetic goal in fitness right fitness is obviously in nutrition all the things are a very powerful tool to get you to an aesthetic goal but i think the ability, like you had mentioned, to step back for a second, enjoying those process goals and setting potentially a non-aesthetic related goal along the way 
is going to be much more beneficial to the long-term outcome, perhaps of the aesthetic goal, but also for the things that potentially matter more in terms of health, longevity, mental health, kind of how you feel as a person um, versus just what you you know, look like in the mirror, what you, what the number on the scale says um, for you as well. Yep. Yeah, there's, there's a lot. And again, at every single person at the end of the day would want to look better, which, mm-hmm. which I do understand. It's just, that's not necessarily what fitness is in, in our mind. The, and especially the only thing. Yeah. Agreed. Um, can it help? Can fitness help with that? Absolutely. But it's not a sign, like we just read the definition of it. Um, zero part in that. It's, it's basically how your body functions and operates and everything else in between it's just uh something that we wanted to bring up because it's a it's a rabbit hole that you could definitely go down and get caught in Mm -hmm. and and solely focus on that and thinking that's all what fitness is about and and there's so much more i agree i agree completely and we can't miss all the more yeah yeah the uh the nutrition topic we have today emily mentioned earlier is about considering good and bad foods and labeling food as good food or labeling food as bad food. Very, very big topic in terms of, um, a a lot of you might not realize this, but when you label things like that, there's an internal factor that happens that then you consider yourself, oh, I'm a good boy now. Oh, I'm a good girl now. Like I ate good food. Where when you eat bad food, there's like, oh, I'm a bad girl. I'm a bad boy. I'm not doing well. I'm pathetic. I'm not good enough. I'm not doing this right. I'm, and then all of a sudden, it leads to that all or none thinking, and you're completely out for the day. I, 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 there's a there's a strong part of that, and Emily just had a big strong take on this last week. Um, so let's get her strong take on that right now, and then we'll kind of dive into both of those. Yeah. So my strong take. Um, I know we've been referencing this quite a bit. I'm doing a series on the Instagram stories at the moment, so if you've missed them, you can go back and check them out as well. Uh, over there, but we should stop, just stop labeling foods as good or bad because then, like Jordan mentioned, as we label things as good and bad, it's not taking us any closer to our goal to tie it back in. If it is a fat loss goal, totally fine, but when we start to live in that middle ground, we take away those moral labels from food and we take away those moral labels from ourselves as well, right? Like I'm not a good person because I ate vegetables. I'm not a bad person because I had a dark chocolate Reese's Cups from Trader Joe's, which are the superior dark chocolate Reese's Cups, right? Like that that food does not have any indication on me as a human being. But when we start to bring in those labels as good or bad, healthy and unhealthy, we start to, again, assign our own morality or our own feelings about ourselves and link that to the foods we eat versus when we are able to take a step back, live in that gray area and maybe use words, I personally like more nutrient dense or less nutrient dense or um, even using like goal aligning or not goal aligning, right? Where we can kind of take those foods and tie them into an external part, like an external goal, not our personal selves. Oftentimes that can help break that all or nothing mindset uh, and allow us to stay in that gray area just a little bit more as well, which we've, 
I don't know if we've touched on it in a future or a past episode, but we'll probably touch on it in the middle. Mm-hmm. But that gray area, that messy, messy middle area is really, you know, powerful in terms of reaching whatever our, our health and fitness goal is. Well, Emily likes to label her foods more nutrient-dense and not nutrient-dense. I like to label my foods smart or dumb. That works out really well, uh, and it helps me just be smarter or dumber. No, I, that's that's a bad one, too. I like I like the this one's more towards goal uh, efficient right now um, or not. And I am, right now, I'm usually on a feel-better goal or a performance goal for golf. Right, those are those are the foods. So I know if I eat certain types of foods, I could feel more. That could lead to more inflammation or not feeling good in my joints or my body. I maybe won't recover as well. Um, so I want to I want to stick towards foods that are helping me feel better and uh, support my goals of feeling better and feeling stronger and making sure I kind of have a bulletproof body. The other part of it then is performance. Where how can I keep making sure like I'm maximizing my potential on the golf course and and playing my best golf. Uh, without having to worry about the fueling part of it, right? My body's not, I don't want to have that be a factor of why I didn't play well. Um, but yeah, there, there's, I remember one time I used the the term of smart and dumb with the, the nutrition, the food part of it. Yeah. And I thought it was like so clever at the time because I thought this person would never ever think about doing like bad food again because she's, she's going to think she's dumb. And then like as soon as she left, I'm like, yeah, that wasn't good. And I think I called her like... 15 minutes later, I'm like, hey, we can't do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like as good as it sounded, like take that concept and we have to kind of change some things around. And I can't remember what we labeled hers as. Um, it was here. It was definitely here at Unity. It was mm-hmm. it was when we were here, not, not at the other gym. I'd have to think about that. But uh, And then I would make a joke to some people about, yeah, it's like smart foods and dumb foods, right? Uh, one of the things that we did one time with somebody was we labeled foods that are real food, like as real food. Like this is real food, this is fake food. And fake food is basically anything that's made in a lab, mm-hmm. right? Anything that's made in a factory, um, which is a lot of things out there, guys, a lot of things. And we all know if you think green face is, did this food have a color? Did it ever have a face? Uh, that food will most likely be more natural and, and nutrient-dense and real, where if that doesn't have that capability of that food, like it was probably made somewhere, man-made, scientifically, synthetically made, which therefore it's not a real food at all. It's, it's, it's grown in a building in uh, your artificial light, like artificial nutrient, like it's not even real corn, right? Or it's not even real XYZ. Um, and we, I think we did something towards those lines for, for her too. And I started using more of like real versus fake and, and that seemed to help for her and, and, uh, and work out that way. Yeah. I think you touched on something, um, pretty, pretty powerful there when you talked about like your own performance goals or, um, feel better goals and the ability to know what makes you feel and how food makes you feel a certain way. Um, like what makes you feel good? What makes you perform at your best? You know, if you have a big race, like I ran, so I ran a 50 K in November, uh, very end of October, very early November. I know that if I eat, you know, Swedish fish every 45 minutes, I feel amazing. Right. But objectively consuming Swedish fish every 45 minutes for six and a half hours is a poor, probably overall health decision. But in the moment, that is, you know, that goal for me is feel good in my 50K. It's not necessarily eat Swedish fish, 
every 45 minutes for you know my entire life it's within that span so knowing what foods within the context of a life situation help you feel your best uh whatever your goal might be is very powerful in selecting kind of those foods whether it's more nutrient dense perhaps choosing a less nutrient dense option uh if again that aligns with that goal in the moment for you as well so kind of working in that moderation aspect uh to that as well yeah the the big concept is just to get out of the mindset of thinking food's good or bad because you what you will end up doing internally is labeling yourself as that it's the same concept of having food being a reward or punishment and having the same thing as like an exercise being reward or punishment like what are you rewarding yourself for what are you punishing yourself from and it's, it's it, what happens then at the end of that is that you think you're you're externally labeling or externally putting your energy out into something, which in, technically you are, but it's because of an internal debate or internal conflict that you're having, and that labeling of good or bad food does that same thing. And then and, and I think the biggest thing that we see with people a lot is like, oh well, I you know I woke up, breakfast started out great, and you know when I had a mimosa. You know, and then I just decided to have some chocolate, and then by then my day was done. So I just, it, I didn't care anymore because that person labeled themselves as bad, right? Because they labeled those foods as bad, and therefore then that person just completely dropped off of their intention, their goal focus, um, their plans, and 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 they basically beat themselves up over it, which then in, in turn just had them not caring anymore about what they ate, which then in turn, long term. Mm-hmm makes them even in a worse position, right? And, and uh, oh, I'll start again tomorrow until the next quote-unquote bad food is entering their mouth. Absolutely. It's that on-off, all-or-nothing, right? Instead of looking at things like that on-off or all-or-nothing switch, perhaps looking at things more like a dial where we turn things up or down uh, and that dial can change at any time. It's not on or off. There might be a, you know, a one through ten kind of where where we are in alignment and again not just scrapping the rest of the day because you know just because we had a poor nutrient quality breakfast doesn't necessarily mean we can't have vegetables for lunch and dinner with higher nutrient quality within them right so kind of breaking those labels allows us to break that all or nothing mentality just a little bit more uh, instead of getting stuck in that uh, and assigning those moral labels to ourselves as well. Yeah, it's it's a tricky game. And the last thing that we really struggle with at the end of the day is like focusing on a, like an internal thoughts and feelings because there's so much external stimulation we don't really realize like a lot of that is brewed up internally and, and we just use the external stuff to kind of focus on which is just how life is. But if you can be more present and grounded, yeah. like Emily's reading that book on, um, it, it'll it'll have that. And then one of the questions that you can ask literally every time before you eat, is this food, is it is it going to help me get closer to my goal or is it gonna is it potentially not goal-oriented goal right now? Is this more nutrient-dense? Will this make my body feel better and help me uh, obtain health or will this not? And the answer to those questions will help you make better decisions, but it's also not something where like one bad meal doesn't make you unhealthy, overweight, worthless, bad, fat, anything in between, we're counterintuitively one good meal doesn't make you healthy, uh, lean, strong, 
all those things in between, right? You're one bad one one bad meal is not going to do it. One good meal is not going to do it. It's the consistency. But it's a lot of the conversations that we're telling ourselves, and this is one that we want to get rid of about the good and bad, and because that'll that'll internally happen to us, we'll we'll then have that conversation with ourselves about good and bad. Agree completely. Yeah, I think I think breaking those labels, though challenging, that first step is recognizing them. So recognizing where potentially you are labeling food uh, as good or bad, healthy or unhealthy, right? And starting to, and it'll take an, you know, intentional action in the moment, but starting to reassign uh, maybe a different label to that food. Is it more goal aligning? Is it something, you know, a home-cooked favorite that, you know, you're always going to eat because it was your favorite recipe that your mom made for you, right? So perhaps kind of where do those foods best fit, right? Like I know I'm not going to have my dad's all-day home-cooked smoked brisket the day before I run a race, right? Like not the time, but is it absolutely delicious and I love sharing that meal with my family? Absolutely. So uh, taking that time and consciously recognizing, hey, this is where I'm labeling this food. Let me relabel it or not label it at all. Taking that step back to say, hey, just because this food isn't as nutrient dense and I'm consuming it, that doesn't make me a bad person, a horrible person for eating it. I don't have to feel guilty for eating it. I just recognize the role that this food in particular plays uh, in my life, in my health, in my fitness. Uh, and moving on from there. Yep. Yep. There's, that's, that's a huge personal take. And I hope there's a lot that you guys just got from Emily's side there that you can relate to you. If you need, if you can't re-listen to that last two minutes and listen to it again, because she just gave you uh, a very nice outlook. And it's not just me saying that because of Emily, that is, that is a, that whole outline right there of what she just kind of talked about is, is exactly how you can kind of go forward and do it. But it's, again, it's, asking questions, paying attention, being mindful, a little bit more present in the moment of that, and like understanding that a lot of this consistency over time will pay off for your goals in the long run. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I agree. I think it's about time to dive into our, our main content for the day. I like it. All right, so we're kicking it off, um, kind of diving into a topic that has been quite uh, controversial, I would say, kind of on the health and fitness realm uh, over the past couple of years, um, especially kind of through 2020, 2021, and still obviously continuing into 2022. And that's the concept of self-love, body acceptance, but also as it relates to health and fitness as well. So to kind of frame this discussion, if you're unaware, uh, the way we kind of have talked and discussed about it is there's almost like there's two camps um, in terms of health versus your body composition, um, if you will. So kind of on one side of the, the spectrum, we have, oh, if you aren't lean, you aren't healthy, right? So kind of grouping those two things together. Um, so tying in that body composition to overall health. And on the other side of the spectrum, we have kind of that you can be healthy at any size, uh, regardless of your body composition, we should strive to love ourselves at all body composition uh, and scale weight that we have, right? So that's kind of those two almost polar opposites. Um, 
in terms of thinking of this discussion and I guess I'll throw it kind of over to Jordan to kind of kick off thoughts here in terms of that health versus uh, body composition versus self-love, all of the things. I think ultimately, ultimately at the end of the end of the day, we know that health has to come first. And from a BMI or percent body fat standpoint, we know under certain levels that people will be much less likely to have certain diseases or risk factors in their life, especially as they age. There's there's several different things, right? 25.0 is kind of like I think the benchmark for most hospitals and healthcare institutions that'll use for the BMI. Um, we know that if there's if there's levels below that, you're less likely to be uh, at risk for future things. With that said, there's several people that I know that are not on any medications um, that are above a 25 BMI. And you think about maybe a, a, a running back, a safety, a wide receiver, a linebacker in the NFL, people who we can think of as a professional football player in great shape and um, be above a 25 BMI. It's a body mass index that takes into, it doesn't take into consideration body composition. So that's where I bring in the percent body fat work, right? They're, everything on that end is healthy. Long term, could they afford to lose weight potentially at risk for health factors in the future as they age? Most likely, yes. But who are we to say anything at the end of the day when they are as healthy? Like, like I wish there was more stuff out there that showed like a data point where it showed like their person's blood work mm -hmm. and without showing their BMI or percent body fat. And then it shows like another person's blood work and it shows how good they are and then shows you the person, right? Like we, we wouldn't have any idea to see that part of it. But there, it'll, it'll go both ways, guys. But at the end of the day, I, I support the person as long as their health is good both the, the blood work health, physical health, and the mental health. That is a big part of, uh, I'm a big proponent of mental health. I think Emily is as well. I think that's a, that, that's a very under-addressed area in our society and in our culture. Um, I think it's, it's, it, it needs to be utilized more. But as long as the person's good on both of those ends, it, it doesn't matter. And, and now it's kind of like, well, what does it take to be good at both of those ends? Like, we need to have screenings for it. We need to have health checks for it, right? Yeah, I, I agree in terms of like the underlying health markers and kind of being aware. I think there's power, like we talked about with nutrition, there's power in, in knowing those underlying health markers for you uh, as well and kind of tying in all different ways we can potentially improve uh, those underlying health markers. I think that's an area where potentially it is often in, in medical care kind of looked at as like, oh, lose weight and that will get better without necessarily addressing, oh, potentially if we choose different foods to eat, that could get better. Of course, weight loss might come with that, but exploring all avenues in terms of health pursuits uh, of improving those health markers as well. So kind of not allowing ourselves to necessarily fall into like, oh, I just have to lose weight for this. What else could help, right? Say. Uh, for example, a very a very simple example, if you have a high resting heart rate, addressing potentially a stress concern and stress management might help lower that just as, you know, potentially losing weight could also help lower that. And this is where it becomes a very individual case by case basis where that is an extremely general example, not specific medical advice to you, um, but 
the idea of looking into all of those different areas, not only body composition or fat loss, uh, as a tool to get you that end health result. Yeah, several things that we can screen for, right? We can screen for the resting heart rate. We can screen for a little bit of like even dive into the heart rate variability. Um, the new one that we can kind of screen for more of is the lung capacity, uh, grip strength. Uh, those type of things show terms of longevity more than anything else. The BMI stuff and everything else kind of shows health risk factors, right? They don't have as much of a correlation towards longevity. A little bit, but it's more towards risk factors of XYZ. I think Emily nailed a lot of things there in the head with um, checking those things out and getting the screen of the overall health. It's going back to fitness is not just about aesthetics. It is about what is your body capable of doing and are you happy at what it's capable of doing. A lot of those things will come along with whatever type of goal that you have. And it's hard for us to talk about one side or the other here without kind of pissing off the other side, but I think I'm going to try and dabble into both sides. Um, in the next few minutes here and have kind of the conversation with Emily. I'll play a little bit of the, the devil's, devil's advocate, if you will, because there's, like Emily talked about in the future with the spectrum part of it, the self-love. Like, love, self-love comes in any shape, size, or form, any color, any race, any of that stuff, right? And I am totally 100,000% on board with that as long as the person is healthy and happy, okay? That's the biggest thing. It's not the fake happy either. It's not the Instagram happy. Like, this person is genuinely living their happiest life to their fullest extent. It's not just what we see on social media. And that person is healthy. I love that part of it. That's that's where I feel like there's one side of that, right? Mm-hmm. Where the other end of the spectrum where if I know if a person's um, on, the, on the aesthetic side of things and very lean and fat loss, but I know that their numbers, their numbers are bad, like I'm not supporting that, right? I, I don't support that. And, and if that person goes home and they're not happy with their life and they're making too many hard decisions and they're hard on themselves and they're not in good mm-hmm. mental health. I don't support that. So that's kind of going into the devil's advocate on both sides of it, right? Mm-hmm. So what we, I think we ultimately have to look at it is supporting the person as a whole and stop fucking judging people by what they're doing and being such an asshole about it all the time and ripping on people without actually knowing the person as a whole. Like that's, that's another big part of it. Like we just want to slam people and sometimes people deserve to be slammed right? Sometimes there's that part of it. But we just do that without knowing all the information. And that's what's really frustrating because then it just, again, it just takes people down their rabbit hole even more. I dropped our first F-bomb. Took, <laughs> took, took only two and a half episodes. I knew it was going to be you. It wasn't going to be me first. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. Um, Boy, you would have fired me up if you would have dropped one out. Would have made my at day. At some point. Yeah. Um, no, I, I like what you said there about, I think, kind of two things you said about the self-love and then the person as a whole, and I think the ability for someone to detach their self-love from how they look, right? So when we think of terms of often self-love and uh, body acceptance is looked at as mutually exclusive, right? We have to love ourselves at any size, right? And I'm, I'm not, you know, going to go down too much of that road, but the ability to say, hey, like, I love myself and who I am as a whole person, potentially regardless of what I look like, but at the same time, tying in a concept that is talked about a little bit, but I don't think quite nearly enough because it kind of gets steamrolled here, is the concept of, like, body neutrality. So thinking in terms of 
I'm neutral about my body. I'm neutral about what I look like. Like it can be, you know, where I want to be. It cannot be where I want to be. But my self-love, my ability to accept my own self is separate from the weight on the scale, separate from the body composition, right? Is potentially tied more into other factors uh, of you as a whole human person versus just that. Um, And I think as we start to do that and we go into that body neutrality aspect, we can kind of almost take that bird's eye view and say, okay, like, am I healthy, right? What do my health markers say? What could I improve? How could I improve it? And again, that might have to change the shape of the physical being that we live in, uh, or it might not. And I think that's where it's a very individual, but I think that little nuance of self-love separating from that, you know, feeling uh, or the, excuse me, the self-love separating from uh, body composition and what we look like is often missed uh, in this whole discussion as well. Most of the time missed. Yeah. So I, I love what you said about kind of recognizing people as whole human beings as opposed to just like a number or set of numbers as well. Yeah, there. It, again, a lot of it. The, the, we can judge a picture by its by its cover, or judge a book by its cover, and a picture is worth a thousand words. But I think it, just taking the time to get to know the person and getting through the whole thing, and that's my silver line. That's just who I am, right? I'm always a glass half full guy. But there's a lot of stuff in the fitness industry that is deterring people uh, thinking that fitness has to be. You have to look fit. You have to look aesthetically good. Again, there's a, there's a component to that. There is a component to that. There is a piece of the pie in that, in fitness. So we have to consider those other pieces. And when we consider those other pieces, we can, we can focus on fitness as a whole. And again, looking at it from a standpoint of not just aesthetically of how a person looks and then judging that person by that. Because again, we can find those people that look, quote unquote, like they're into fitness and they could have terrible health markers, terrible resting heart rates, terrible joint pain, terrible grip strength, all of those other things. They just did it aesthetically to look aesthetically through nutrition and poor dieting and extreme measures. Where then we can find the person that's more of that body neutrality and maybe not a person that would be quote unquote on that hashtag fitness thing on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And the person would be in great health, being able to do whatever they want to do, play with their grandkids, go on their vacations, run a 5K, run a half marathon, lift like they want to. Like there's there's so many more things that we need to consider. And, and it's tough because I think a lot of the fitness world has created almost like this wall that a person has to go across to even be able to get to that part part where, where now the people who are on the other side of that wall in, in the quote-unquote fitness world um, are the ones kind of creating this bad mojo back to the other side. Right, mm-hmm. they're almost they're almost deterring people away from coming into fitness to help their overall life, and and it's not just about again the aesthetics part of it. Where we're gonna bring, like I told you this whole episode is a theme here, um, and looking into that and, and that body neutrality and self love again looks different in many different ways, and and uh, to 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 include it's it fit, the other part of it is fitness is inclusive, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and that's I think that's the biggest message maybe that we're trying to get across. That's like the ultimatum, right? It, it's inclusive. And it's a damn shame that it's the fitness people that are probably putting up these fights against the people that are maybe looking into fitness to maybe 
look into something that's maybe for their overall health of like confidence or maybe to run a 5k better not being pain yeah. but now they're they're being deterred because oh i, I don't look the part mm-hmm. yeah i think i think while fitness can or excuse me aesthetics can be a great you know motivator to get into fitness i think seeing only the aesthetics as fitness also kind of will deter you right like if you're looking to find a gym and you're like oh yeah i just want to you know go so I can run a 5k or go so that I can play with my grandkids or go on a hike or whatever it is, you might not even think that this whole quote fitness thing is for you because all that is shown on social media is the aesthetic portion of that. So kind of the like ability to, for us as fitness professionals for to kind of say, Hey, like look at all of these other things. Like fitness isn't just about what you look like fitness is you know so much more um in terms of overall quality of life actual life health etc uh can really help to open that door for so many more people which is cool because we love fitness and we want to share it with everybody and transform everybody's life everybody uh, and everybody yes everybody and everybody understand that part of it absolutely absolutely so very cool um, from that aspect, so just to not allow people to be, you know, stopped before we even start. Yeah, so fitness is inclusive. Having the fitness to be able to be impacting everybody and everybody and, and improving your overall quality of life, but ultimately improving that overall quality of life, looking at the person as a whole and considering health parameters, uh, not just BMI, but resting heart rate, and lung capacity, grip strength, like including all those things, right? It's almost like a new standard of how we need to look at somebody. But also keep in mind that Emily and I fully understand what the BMI can tell us long-term and what percent body fat can tell us long-term. We understand those things very well. A majority of our people here at Unity Fitness and who we've worked with in the past, the thousands, have had body composition goals. And we understand that part of it. We understand the terms of overall health and risk factors towards that too. But there, there's still a line that we have to we have to consider in terms of like the overall happiness and what the person's uh, overall health is too. Yeah, I agree. I think just diving into that individuality of people that that whole person um, holds more power than you know just a just a scale weight, just a just a measurement, just a BMI or even a body composition. Those are just tools in the toolbox um, that we can we can kind of use as needed, but don't define. Uh, any any single person uh, as who they are as a human being. Yep, that, that's a, there's a good point there too. They don't define that person, mm-hmm. right? Cool, cool. I think we got a lot out of that one. Yeah, a I lot. Agree. I agree. We've covered a lot. When we started this podcast, we were shooting for thirty minute episodes, and I think we've <laughs> <laughs> crushed those uh, well over every time. We did. But we did. We I think did for the best. What are we talking about next week? We've got a couple guests that we're going to bring on uh, in the near future, too. So we'll, we'll have a couple of those episodes coming up in the future with uh, local guests uh, from the community. Uh, we're going to keep them as a surprise. Uh, but we've got a couple other things in, in, on tap. I know it's the health care versus sick care. Mm-hmm. Um, what else are we kind of looking into? Um, that, I think that was a big one in terms of that. Um, I know you wanted to touch on your the lung capacity lung as a capacity, marker too. We yeah. didn't really talk about that in our measurement uh, of this episode, but I think those are the 
big ones. What else do we have on the list? Potentially. We've got a few more. Yeah. We've got a few more. Yeah. Cool. Those are the ones I got though. And cool. then our, our surprise our guests. guests. So we yep. can't 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 say those bullet points quite yet. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, until then, uh, don't forget to subscribe to however you're listening to us, and and hit that subscribe button. Unless uh, obviously, unless you're on our website, if you're on if you're on Spotify, we're now on Google or Apple. Make sure you subscribe, and uh, make sure you give us a rating and a review. Let us know what we can do better. Let us know what you'd like to hear us uh, cover, uh, aside from the topics that we didn't mention yet and the ones that we have coming in the future. And also make sure you share this. Share this with people that need to hear this. This is a big episode that we probably need more sharing of uh, to really kind of help the the industry and the, I think our, our community as a whole. So we appreciate the share. All right. Till, till next week. We'll see you later, guys. Bye. Cheers.